Welcome to today's podcast. We're going to be interviewing Boston Rowe. He is a businessman from Calgary with an athletic background across all types of sports, hockey, baseball, um, football. And uh, yeah, this one is going to be really interesting. I titled it Fine-Tune the Process to Reach Your Goals because later down the line, Boston really breaks down some concepts he's learned from sports and how he's applied them to the business world or to everyday life or to relationships. It's, it was really interesting to see and we ended up diving into some interesting baseball statistics on how to become a Hall of Famer. So that was also really, really cool. So, uh, yeah, guys, this one is a good one. It's lots of content, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So let's dive into it. All right, guys, welcome to the Zenfluence podcast. This one's going to be episode 57, and I'm going to be sitting down with Boston Rowe. Um, and this one's going to be cool, too, because Boston, he has a very athletic background. He's in business now, but uh, he's going to ha- have this ability to kind of navigate forward and not let anything stop him. So I guess we'll start this off by jumping over to Boston, uh, let him introduce himself, and then we'll dive more into his story. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for having me on. I, uh, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, no worries. You know, we've talked about this for a, a bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad we kind of made it happen. Yeah, uh, like, I'm glad too that <laughs> this, this is a special one. Yeah, fair enough. That's yeah. good. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm, I was born in uh, Edmonton, moved to Calgary when I was two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, pretty much born and raised in, Cal- or, yeah, in Calgary. Um, Up in the cold weather. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, Calgary's home. I, I I'm a Flames fan, yeah. Stamps fan, um, you know, even though there's an in-house rivalry now because, you know, the older man doesn't, he's Edmontonian, so, um, but yeah, we, I don't know, sports have been a big part of my life, I grew up playing sports, I follow all the sports still, I love, like, sports, I think it's awesome, um, and so yeah, now I'm kind of transitioning out of, you know, that kind of world or chapter in my life um and there's still a lot of you know cool things out there which is something that i've yeah learned and you know i it's funny i don't miss it as much as i thought i would yeah which is uh yeah it's cool it's cool how that works so i guess to give everyone a little bit of background like where did you start with sports and like what type of sports did you do um my first love was hockey it's weird i don't i just liked my favorite player was joe mcginla uh, I just loved. I like yeah, watching him awesome. play. I would, yeah, I would try to, you know, mimic him in my living room or basement or on the driveway and the, you know, on the ice. Just, um, but I soon grew to <clears throat> like other sports, mm-hmm. uh, football, basketball. Um, I started playing football when I was uh, eleven years old. Eleven years yeah. old, and then you started hockey before then. Yeah, I just, oh, yeah, okay. I would just fool around. I never played like organized full on hockey, but yeah. followed everything. I knew all the players' names. So, so were your parents really athletic as well? Or? Yeah, well, yeah, I would say. Okay. My dad uh, my dad went played football um, in the States. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. in college. In uh, college he went, football, Yeah, he, okay. went, he played football at Wyoming, uh, University of Wyoming, and then he actually came up and tried out for the Rough Riders yeah. here. Um, for one, yeah, he tried out one uh, preseason. So I've always been around sports, so, you know, it's been... My mom's actually a personal trainer, so she's always mm-hmm. been athletic. Like fitness and everything has been a part of my life. I've, 
that's kind of what I've known growing up. So, yeah, I, I like being active and, you know, being able to, you know, play and compete mm-hmm. and uh, win. You know, we were a competitive family growing up with my siblings and everything. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, I started, yeah, so football when I was 11 and then kind of played basketball in junior high and throughout high school, uh, played, you know, all types of sports. And then in the university, I focused, or it was just football. After, in in yeah. university, so you, what, what what position did you play on in university, and when what was kind of your mindset back then? Like, what what was your plans? And that's funny that like what position I, I think I played in football, every position I like, oh, okay. that was kind of like <laughs> except for O line and uh, but yeah, there was one there was one game in uh, in Bantam yeah. junior high where I was playing D line because everyone was sick, and so I've. I think that was part of... I actually enjoyed that. You get to see all these different positions. You get to play different, you know, see the game from different perspectives, and you actually learn a lot more mm-hmm. uh, when you're able to do that. Um, so it, that c- continued throughout my uh, my whole career. I um, I got recruited to UC as a quarterback, uh, and I played my first year, redshirted as a quarterback, and then they switched me to DB mm-hmm. my second year. Third year, I got switched to linebacker, and they finally were like, okay, maybe he's actually good at something. Yeah. And played linebacker for the rest of my career there. And then in... So what is the role of a linebacker on the field? In the field? Okay, good question. Um, there's DBs. There's small, fast guys who cover the receivers. Uh, there's D linemen who uh, are big guys who get to you know, sack the quarterback and, mm-hmm. and tackle uh, the running back. Linebackers are in between. Oh. They kind of do a little bit of both, so they're able okay. to co- cover uh, when they when they need to. They're able to sack or blitz or you know. Yeah. So they're yeah. I'd say they're the hybrid uh, position on the defense. So yeah, it's, uh, you get, oh, you're always yeah. involved in the play because yeah. you're in the middle of it of, of it all, which is something I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. So so then uh, so I guess then what what kind of ha- happened from there? Like or I guess what was your biggest takeaway from sports looking back? My biggest takeaway from I, I think sports teaches you so much, mm-hmm. and I like I'm a huge like I. I would tell any kid, like play. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Like mm-hmm. just play. Um, it's a way to, you can kind of get to forget about you know the, the rest of your day and you get to enjoy something and, it's there's obviously you know physical benefits of being active and running and. Um, but I think it just teaches you about life, mm-hmm. like working together as a team. Um, things that like it's not all about you. Mm-hmm. That's a huge concept that you know people. Like I, I'm way better off knowing that. Like you know, I have to work together to have success, and also knowing that. You know, I I've proven what hard work can do, mm-hmm. um, whether it's in training before. And practices before the games, and then finally seeing what you know, games having that translate to a game. You know, a bad week of practice, you're not going to play as well. That's that's reality. Yeah. And and so when you transition out of that into the into life, well, if you don't study or if you don't you know work hard in your job, how do you ex- like? that still translates so you're able to apply that to so many different aspects in your life mm. so I think it's a yeah it's been a huge benefit yeah no, and I like that too like I grew up uh, like I didn't really 
well, I wasn't too, too athletic, but I grew up doing a lot of skateboarding. Yeah. And I guess the one thing that I learned there was just like internally like pushing myself, like trying to learn these tricks and trying to like practice, practice, practice. But the one thing that I missed out on, I would say, is uh, the team aspect. Because I was never surrounded by people. It was always like you versus you. And I think that's something that I was always like, man, I want to join a team. I want to be, like, be part of something. Right? And I think it really mimics the business world. Right or even just reality of life, like you, you can't do everything alone. Yeah, fair. No, totally. And you know what? Like, there are like I still think individual sports are good. Like, because mm-hmm. because you know if you get to a there's trainers and coaches and whatever in tennis or whatever individual sport you're playing. But I, you're right. That something about the team aspect of um, we are going to be able to achieve so much bigger things than mm-hmm. you know just by myself. Uh, that's huge and to be able to buy in and to be able to you know go through something with someone else and have to trust on them yeah. trust with them and to communicate with them um, you know that's that's big a lot of our success came from well you got to communicate and talk mm-hmm. yourself through what you know you're seeing and how to make adjustments and how to work on the fly um, yeah I think that's again it goes right into the business world of you know communication and and cooperation and trust, all those things are huge in, in corporate life. Yeah, like just interacting. So I guess, Boston, coming back to you, uh, how did you transition out of sports? Like, I guess with from university till now and a little bit about what you do now, like how did you make that transition? Good question. Um, and I think it can be... It can be hard for people, like some people to make that, con- and I definitely, there was some things that were definitely difficult for me, um, but first of all, I think football was always uh, a vehicle to help me get through school, mm-hmm. that's what I thought of it as, um, you know, here's something that I can enjoy and do, and you know, it'll help me get my degree, um, and a lot of, a lot of times, it's not people don't have that in mind they're just wanting to play football and keep playing football and Mm -hmm. um but even if you have a really good successful career i mean you see nfl players retiring at 28 like yeah that is young yeah it's you have so much more of your life so there will always be a transition and so having that in mind i think helps a lot Mm -hmm. um and so i i football especially in university it gives you such a structure um you know that i i woke up i had a workout i had class i had practice um i had film after practice Mm -hmm. i had to maybe study a little bit and then i was like those are your days those were structured and now graduating from that it's way less structure so i actually had a tough time kind of okay i have to set my own structure like people aren't necessarily expecting me to be certain places yeah. like throughout my whole day how do I make sure that I am making the most of my time and um, I think it took me about six months to kind of finally you know mm. get a grasp on on, on that so um, yeah at the when you are thinking about you know I think it's always good to okay what what's next or what what opportunities are are out there because this isn't going to last forever, mm-hmm. no matter how good it, it really is. So, so was your mindset, like when you were playing football, did you want to like keep going and play like more competitive football, or did you want to think from there, oh, I just want to use football as something to do and then go into business? Yeah, I think um, it was my vehicle to get help me get my education, get a, you know, a really good education. I valued that. 
Um, football was going to get me through school. That was my goal. It helped me get through school. And anything else after that was going to be bonus. Oh, okay. Right? So, and, but use use the people that you meet. Use the, you know, the... The connections. The connections that you make in football. Like, those are strong connections. You've been, mm-hmm. you know, sweating and grinding with those people. Um, and they're successful people, a lot of them. So, you know, make sure that you can use that to your best advantage on your next, next phase of life. Um, so, I mean, that phase ended that chapter kind of was I was okay with it closing mm-hmm. and now let's go on to the next next one yeah so and like coming I guess another thing I noticed about you Boston is like you're very positive like positive mind you have a very positive mindset like were you always like that growing up like always positive or at some point that you kind of transition and just things change like how did you develop that good good question I think yeah. um, part of it Obviously, I think it was from how I was raised. Um, we were, I was always taught whether you can't, you say you can or you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. And so that puts a lot of responsibility on you. Um, and you, like, we weren't allowed to, I wasn't allowed to go and blame um, other people or outside circumstances on necessarily how it all turned out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that can have an impact, but. You know, you're first look forced to look inward and say, "How can I change? How can I make something better?" Mm-hmm. And so, with that, you become you don't become like you change from being a victim to having control. Yeah. And so that in itself is a positive thing, moving forward, right? Like, okay, I can fix something or I can change something here, and so it can get better. Um, I think that's always how you know I I just have have been. I have thought that, and sometimes. I've been overly opti- optimistic, and it's maybe not it. Like, mm. like I, oh, I don't have to worry about that. I can just put it away because it's not that big of a deal. It'll work itself out. But I do think, you know, being able to say, I can f- fix something or, you know, changing your perspective first about certain problems that arise mm. um, definitely helps. Yeah, so it's essentially like looking at things from like a victor mindset instead of just being a victim all the time. Like, I think if you put the control into your hands then yeah. you're never really nothing's really a problem for you you know what I mean yeah like, exactly like and yeah you can always you can always change it or change yeah. something or make something a little bit better even right now mm-hmm. and I had good coaches and good again good parents who I wasn't allowed to blame the refs for you know lo- losing games I wasn't allowed to you know blame my teammates for you know I how could I get better how can I you know help make my teammates get better how can I you know make sure that it's not the game isn't in the ref's hands mm-hmm. and that changes into into life too like you know when you're looking at certain problems or certain situations in life life's you know difficult but when you say how can I you know make make adjustments here to make it better or how can I communicate myself in a different way so people can hear me the way that you know I intend them for them to hear me those things definitely help so, so, Boston, how did you make your transition into financial, like the business world and financial advising? Right. How did that start for you? How did that start for me? I, um, well, my dad was, is, uh, he transitioned into the business probably five years mm-hmm. uh, bef- before um, I did. So when I was in university, I, I started to kind of get exposed to some of this world, uh, this financial world, and uh, I definitely... In, enjoyed it I've always liked numbers I've always been um, you know wanting to yeah yeah and be analytical mm-hmm. but also 
build relationships. I like, you know, talking with people and conversing and, you know, building relationships that way. So um, I really liked how, you know, this financial world, this bo- you can do both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not always sitting behind a desk. You're, you know, out and, you know, talking to people. Um, and I think I started to do take certain classes uh, in university that kind of put me down more of a financial advising path. I actually was able to take classes that helped me challenge for my level one mm-hmm. uh, certifi- certification. Um, and so there's just, yeah, small things like that. I also, you know, I think in university, go talk to talk to your pros, talk to people in the industries mm-hmm. out there that maybe you're interested in and kind of, you know, see how they did things or, you know, what they thought was um, important at, at that stage of life because you can gain a lot of uh, information that way. Mm-hmm. And so I went out and, you know, had coffees with a lot of financial advisors and, and you know, analysts and, you know, was able to say, hey, how did you do this? Or, you know, I'm thinking about this. What, you know, what, what would you recommend doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that played, yeah, that, that helped in the transition period for sure. Well, Boston, if you could put it in, like, simplest terms, what does a financial planner or advisor do? Oh, good good question. Basically, we help build a map from point A to point B. Okay. And we try to get you there in the safest way. I ensure that, you know, you're, you're going to make it there mm-hmm. safe and sound, you know, on time. That's another, another thing that we look at. So, um... How can we protect you, and how can we keep you moving, you know, along so that you can achieve each goal that you set for yourself? Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because I know, like, in high school and school, uh, I, I, like, this is my experience personally, but I didn't really learn too much about the financials or, like, money or taxes or anything. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was unprepared for the world, right? As soon as you become an adult, you're like, okay, now you got to pay taxes, <laughs> now you got to, like survive and live pay rent now you have to go pay all these bills and expenses and it kind of hits you hard right and i think for a lot of people they um it's kind of an awkward transition into adulthood right and i think even coming back to you the one thing that i've noticed too is you're just able to you're kind of able to transition yourself forward whether it was from football to going into business and then or even from that and i know even you're i want to congratulate you because you're getting married soon, oh yeah right? thank that's, you thank you very much that's kind of soon but i think that see that that quality is you're just able to kind of navigate forward um so how do you do it <laughs> yeah fair um back to your original point i don't i i agree with you i think there should be more just basic fundamental financial management mm-hmm. classes in high school or in just i think you know there's some concepts that are not very hard to learn mm-hmm. and i don't know necessarily why it's not like that or um but even in university, I would encourage people to take a risk management class, take an economics class, take just a basic class so you have a little understanding so, you know, you don't, that isn't as much of a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point of moving forward, I think um, what's next is always a good question to, to ask yourself. Like, that's something that, you know, Okay, okay, now now what? Um, mm-hmm. You can't change the past. You can't fix the past. Um, but that's how you can... I think that per, having that perspective on, you know, 
you're always a little, you know, a step ahead. Just, just, and that alters. I don't. That alters your decisions right now. When you have a, a lot of the times, I look at my okay. I want to be when I'm forty. What do I want my life to be like? What you know? Mm-hmm. And now reverse engineer that back to right now. Okay, what now do I have to take? What steps do I have to take today so that I can get there one day? So, Boston, I guess the way you kind of look at the world now is you're more future-oriented. So you're looking at the future and kind of concentrated there instead of looking at the past. Yeah, I think, I, I, think, um, I don't know, I think that's what we're meant, meant to do. I don't know, know mm-hmm. if that's the proper way of saying that. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think even for me, like, I think this is a problem that a lot most people have, actually. Like, they dwell too much on the past. They dwell too much on what's already happened and it's like you can't fix the past it's like yeah. how are you supposed to live your life if you're always worried about the past and you can't navigate like the it's the future right the yeah. future has all the opportunity like me and i was before this we were talking even about sales like i, I do cold calling uh for work but i can't think about you know the last call that didn't yeah. go well and like oh i'm gonna get rejected if i talk to this yeah. person it's like no that's like where all the opportunity is yeah. i have to keep calling like exactly. i have to keep dialing yeah fair and you know what? Um, sports again has has taught, kind of taught that to me a little bit. Like, what's important now was always a big thing in in our football uh, locker room. You can't change good or bad. Like, even if you had a good play, mm-hmm. like you just had a you know a sack or interception or whatever it was, you had a really good play. Yeah, but guess what? Now you have to refocus and do well and finish your job this play. Um, your teammates are depending on you to do that. And you, so good or bad, um, it's good to have that reset button. Okay, now let's go back and what do I got to do right now in the moment mm. um, to continue to have success? Yeah, and that's that's such a great point. Like I remember uh, there was actually a Super Bowl, I think it was with the Patriots, and like the, they were down... And then all of a, it was that I forget which year it was, but they were down, and then all of a sudden Tom Brady like brought it back, and they actually yeah. won, and it was like yeah. a huge upset. But the, there's this saying: it's like basically a great quarterback has a short memory, right? It's like yeah. he doesn't care like oh we're like losing this much, like I don't know I threw like all these interceptions, yeah. but it's like oh no, no now like yeah for sure yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and that, it's it is tough to have because as humans we we tend to you know we have biases that are you know recency bias like what. You know what? It, what's happened? You know, just moments before mm. can have an impact on us. But it's you got to train yourself to to realize. You know what? That doesn't have to be. You know what I've done? What I messed up on? There's things that you know, in fo- like football, you mess up on plays all the time, and that's okay. Like that's okay. It doesn't mean you have to mess up on the next one, and we can fix it. And um, when you are able to talk it through and you're actually learning from your mistakes, um, you're able to move forward and, you know, have success. Mm-hmm. So, so Boston, I guess, uh, if you had to give kind of advice to someone starting university or even like your past, bo- past Boston row, right? Yeah. Uh, you're 18 years old oh. you kind of just get into the school. What advice would you give yourself going back? What would I tell myself, uh, going back? Good question. I think people don't realize the opportunities that they have mm-hmm. um, to make relationships 
in university. I think people, a lot of people focus on, okay, the classwork, um, the tests, um, you know, what classes am, am I going to take, what, and that's, a, that's obviously important, but there's a lot of, I don't know, just, you know, relationships that are there, you know, professors, even just like mm-hmm. talking to your professors more, like I never talked to my professors until I was my last kind of year or two. And that sometimes, you know, those can lead to jobs. Those can lead to different opportunities, different w- things um, out there. So get more, just more experience. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to learn how to talk to people. Um, you know, sending, e- like sending an email. Like I used to, like, oh, I'm not going yeah. to talk to I'm not going to send an email <laughs> yeah. to my classmate to ask for this or, yeah. like, send an email to my prof. Like, no way. But, like, those things... You know, when you're able to connect with people, that's a huge skill. Yeah, that's no, a huge skill. Yeah, that, emailing to you. Yeah, exactly. So I skill. think that probably would be one of the things that maybe I didn't take advantage of as much as I should have, and it could have definitely benefited me uh, more today. Is like use your, you know, five years and build, you know, a network that can help you um, have success down yeah. the road. No, that, like that's. Uh, I don't know, like, I see that in work every day, too. Like, I know emailing, calling, just being able to communicate with people. Like, I used to be a bit big introvert, like, as yeah. a gamer. And I remember one year, it was my second year of university, I played, like, 3,000 League of Legends games. <laughs> I, yeah, I literally missed the whole yeah. semester. And uh, I literally spent that, uh, it was, like, four to five months in my room. I didn't talk, interact with anyone. And then I actually came out, and I, I couldn't, like, communicate. <laughs> like, I, really? I, like, forgot how to speak to people. I couldn't, yeah. like, look people in the eye. I couldn't, like, shake people's hand. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this sucks. Like, and I think a lot of people, especially nowadays in this digital kind of tech world uh, with social media and Twitter and all this other stuff kind of flying around, it is probably a, a, a big challenge for a lot of people. You know, how do I communicate? How do I kind of go into the world and represent myself? Um, and that's kind of a thing I want to drill down. Like, Boston, I guess, if I'm asking you, what would you say are some things that you could say to help someone who's in that situation and, like, wants to try and become better at communicating, wants to kind of represent themselves in the world, kind of like how you've done with yourself? That's yeah, fair. That's a, that's another good, good question. Um, one thing I think people... How you're perceived is a lot in your head. Yeah. It's a lot made up. And what the reality is compared to what you maybe think is um, a lot like it, it's different like you you actually can you know do certain things mm-hmm. um, and so, so, I th- so are you saying that in terms of limitations like when people interact with people they think that yeah I'm not they, good enough yeah, or I yeah. you know this person you know is thinking maybe I'm awkward or I'm, I'm weird but or you know whatever it may be um, I don't a lot of that is just completely like if you yeah. could just stand out and look at your own self and you would you wouldn't actually see that those those things um and we make a lot of barriers you know by ourselves and so one of you know our mentors here at at work he he said uh what it what what it takes um you know to communicate or what it takes to be a good communicator what it takes to you know do a certain task go out and meet people or go out and you know have a coffee or whatever compared to what you have what what you got is the gap's actually very small yes yeah, yeah. right 
like you actually haven't like you're you're you know you will be able to do that and you will be able to and maybe maybe the first time is awkward but the second time you know you'll pick it up that much that much faster Mm -hmm. and when we work on things that we're uncomfortable doing our comfort level changes you actually get better at it and you have a new like comfort zone right and then maybe you do another thing that's a little bit more uncomfortable and guess what you just expanded yeah your comfort zones now okay and now you're doing things that is just normal Mm -hmm. right and I think that is a yeah that's probably one of the biggest things that you know like I've learned about about reaching out and communicating with people Mm. so in in terms of life and kind of uh, where you see yourself now Boston what would you say is where you want to push the comfort zone um, kind of personally with you Oh, good question. I like this. This is the start of the start of twenty. <laughs> yeah, like, we're gonna go deep. Yeah, gonna, okay, that's we're good. Deep. Where, um, where, where do I want to push my comfort zone? I guess um, personally, I want to be able to um, maybe just like expand my like I I've. I follow podcasts, I, I listen to things, and I, a lot of successful people, they read a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't read that much. But I just actually heard something that, like, you read, the average person reads, like, a 100,000 words a day. Oh, man. So everyone reads, but yeah. it, whether it's on Instagram or whatever, Facebook, or you're reading, but changing what you... Look, kind of look at. Yeah, changing yeah. what you read um, is, is, is big. So I think, you know... I want to be able to like expand how much I'm learning and my exposure to um, knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to be able to um, sur- surround myself with um, people who push me and who make me better and force me to be better. Um, and you know, looking at again when you set up your whether it's personal or or or. Um, professional goals or athletic goals um, you'd be surprised at what you can do right like you'd actually be surprised like so mm-hmm. just go do it go figure it out take it take steps to you know make it happen and I think a lot of times I like there's a quote by Michelangelo and it it's I think a lot of people know it it's um the danger is not in setting the bar so high that we miss it, but it's in setting it too low that we actually achieve it, right? Like, oh, okay. you know oh, what I yeah. mean? Yeah, so like, I see that, yeah. like a lot of times I'm like, oh, that's okay. That's good. That's good enough. Yeah. But there's more, there's more for you to do. There's more for you to go after. There's more for you that you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. And so why settle? Like, why would you, you know, stop, stop there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so yeah. I think that would probably be, um, something that I want to kind of do come, you know, in this next year is push yourself to your fullest potential. potential yeah. 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 I think a lot of people, they just don't actually, the reason why they don't push themselves to that level is because they never really try, right? Like they just don't show up. Like I think so much of just pushing your, pot- your potential is just, just at least trying, like showing up. Like yeah. I recently did a, 
like for the first time ever, I did a yoga class on the weekend. Nice. It was like a thing. Of, yeah, it was a thing. I was really kind of nervous about. I was yeah. like, oh man, yoga. Like I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be like other other people. Yeah. It's gonna be weird. But man, I, I I took that class and it kicked my ass. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. it was hard. I burned like tough, six, yeah, I burned six hundred calories. It was insane, and I was like, wow, like that was kind of out of my comfort zone. But you know what? I'll do it again, and yeah. it'd be it'd be fun. It, it's a cool way to balance the lifting. I feel, but totally no, I uh, yoga helped me a lot. I had a lot of yeah. uh, muscle problems playing football, and once I got there was definitely a before and after. But the one thing I don't like about they're like rest in downward dog and I'm like that is not a restful position <laughs> they always are like that okay yeah. now we're gonna rest back and downward and I'm like resting is lying on the floor for me yeah. <laughs> but no you're right like when you chat and, and you're surprised at you know maybe how like you're you were probably better than you thought yeah, at like, yoga right yeah like, I was better than I thought and I realized my breathing was all messed up and even nowadays in real life or in modern day I don't know how to say that, but walking around normally, like I don't, I know I don't breathe as good as I should. Right. And I, I yeah. wouldn't have realized that if I didn't try out the yoga class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. But and and you know now you can you know change that and you're that much better off. Mm-hmm. And the next yoga class will be, you know, just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And no, I think that's definitely true. You have to try. Yeah, you and, have to try stuff yeah. out. Yeah, and people are afraid, I think. You know, I am too, I, or I definitely, like, afraid to fail. But that's what, again, football and has helped me. You fail every day in football. Like, you're faced with failure. Like, what are you going to do about it? You mess up. Like, the day one of practice is sometimes a gong show because you're trying to get new adjustments in, and, you know, you see something, and then it looks different the second time, and you're like, ah. Oh. But, you know, when you're able to learn about it in film and you're able to, you know, you're try like you're still trying. You're putting the effort in. You it 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 makes a huge difference. And you you know so being able to fail f- maybe faster so that you can succeed quicker. That's that's a you know that's something that people can do. And it, and um, yeah, you would do have success down the road because of from it. Boston, how would someone build? Um, I guess, like, how did you build a positive relationship with failure? I think that's something that's very rare, but, like, I, I think that the most successful people, they, they have these positive relationships with failure. And uh, yeah. I think a lot of people are looking at it the opposite way, like, oh, failure, I don't want to fail. Like that's Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. You know what? That's actually um, funny that you asked that because I asked that same question. Uh, the, the Blue Jays, uh, Toronto baseball team, came through – Calgary last week, and I was able to go to a breakfast with them. Oh, sweet. So there's like, about, yeah, there's about five tables yeah. around. And you were actually just able to stand up and ask them questions. And so I asked them that question, kind of like, um, I said, if you succeed one out of three times in baseball, you're a Hall of Famer. Like, if you can bat 300, right? That's one out of three. You're a Hall of Famer. Wow. <laughs> so you're you're oh, failing sixty percent yeah. of the time. Percent of the time. Yeah. That's what that means, right? Or seventy percent of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So I asked them, like, when you know that walking up to the plate, what is your approach, or what is like, what is your, um, how do you how do you deal with that? How do you know? Because you know that you know, mm-hmm. odds are I'm going to fail, or I'm going to strike out, or whatever that is. And I actually like so they went down the list. There was five 
Blue Jays there, and um, the first answer was um, you have to be process orientated, not results orientated. So what does that mean, process orientated? So um, in baseball terms, look at quality at bats rather than if I got a hit or not. So is my technique right? Is my, um, you know, am I swinging at pitches that are in the zone or out of the zone? Um, You know, how many pitches is it taking for me to get a hit or for me to get out? Uh, You know, the more pitches that you use up, am I able to advance a runner? um, You know, and help help out the team that way? Um, So those kind of things um, are... And I, I, I agree with that. I think if you just fine-tune your process, because you can have... <laughs> That's genius. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I think one of the things that's dangerous is that you get a good result from something, from a bad decision. Oh, right? Because right. yeah, then you're like, I can again. repeat my bad decisions and still get good results. And then that's maybe just fluke. There's yeah. luck in everything. But if you're able to focus in on the process and say, "Listen, this is what you know. This is what we're we got to fix, and we got to make sure that this is good," you still might fail. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. but but that's yeah. okay because you know moving forward, odds are you're going to succeed more yeah. or as or longer or yeah as up. as you continue to improve your process. And so they actually have stats that. Um, that look at quality of at bats, and so he said a player with a high average but a low, a higher average but a lower quality at bat score, isn't necessarily valid as valuable as someone who has a little bit lower average, um, batting average but uh, higher quality at bats. They're more valuable to the team, and because you know they, they get it's the quality of what they're doing, mm-hmm. and so um, no. yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's kind of genius. Like, switch yeah. your mindset to thinking, you know, what it really is success here. Mm-hmm. It's going through the process. No, that, that is literally so genius. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's genius, Boston. Um, you know, like this, this morning I was listening to a podcast. I think it was with uh, Ryan Mickler, and he brought on this, the guy that wrote Atomic Habits. Okay. I forget his name, but what he was saying is that uh, like if you compare it with other people on like the macro scale, like let's say you compare to be like, oh, like what is this guy? How uh, physically fit is this person compared to me? That's like, uh, it's not really that good for you. Or like, oh, how much money does this guy have? Or what is this guy's marriage like compared to my marriage? Right. But when you compare compared to technique and process, it's like pretty. It's pretty good. So like, oh, what is this guy's gym regimen? Like, what exercises is he doing? Oh, Instead yeah, of like yeah. how how physically fit because like you could say like oh right. how f- physically fit are you yeah. you can't really compare that but if you bring it back to the gym it's like what are you yeah. actually doing in the gym like what reps what exercises yeah. that's like that's when you can replicate it yeah and those and are the, yeah, yeah for sure yeah and those are the questions that you know that are more valuable in asking mm-hmm. you know how did you get to the like show me the, like yeah, the steps to this I, you know I like I like that that's yeah. that's definitely cool for sure yeah because People sometimes aren't don't know what it takes or don't aren't willing to know what it takes, right? They just want the end result. Well, that takes a lot of yeah, different a lot steps. Of stuff, yeah, yeah. Like someone sure. can look at someone who's successful and be like, 
like how like I just want that I just want the car I just want the body I just want yeah. you know the marriage I just want the financial yeah. stuff but you know that whole lifestyle is thousands like a whole trail of different single yeah, little things like exactly. just a hundred times batting yeah. like you know <laughs> yeah, on the baseball totally. field like no one yeah it's when the you know it's, a, it's when the lights are off mm. are you still willing to put in put in the work no that's to, that's that's very true yeah, solid. So I guess Boston, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I'll probably ask you a couple, maybe two or three more questions. Sure, yeah, totally. But uh, I guess, so if you had one message you could kind of share with the world at the exact same time, uh, what would that be? One message to share with the world at the exact same time. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a, wow, I've never thought about that. Like being able to, like, say something I don't. I don't want um, uh, anything that's coming to my head is so cliche. Yeah, it's all good. It's cliche. <laughs> um, what would I want to say? If you want to learn something, if you want to do something, um, like just find a way to to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if there's something that, yeah, I think I think that's that's something that is, has been. Right, like valuable. Like go, go find someone who's gonna, who's going to help you. You know, take one step or help you. You know, improve one thing. Um, don't let, yeah, don't don't let that stop you um, from from going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you'll get further than you think, and you'll learn more than you think, and you probably enjoy it more than you think uh, in a lot of different lot of different ways. Um, so I think. That would probably be one today, mm-hmm. January 17th, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Boston, what do you have in store for the future? What do I have in store for the future? Well, um, I have to go fit into a wedding suit oh, yeah. this next couple <laughs> weeks here. Um, Are you nervous? No, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. excited. Yeah, the, you know, the, there's... Yeah, that's it's, a big step. Yeah, it's definitely um, something that I'm looking forward to for sure. Um, no, I definitely feel fairly fortunate and lucky. And, um, but, yeah, what uh, what else do I have going forward? Um, I I, I kind of uh, separate. So I have 10 weeks before I go on vacation. Mm-hmm. So, okay, how much can I get done in, you know, 10 weeks? That's another thing that was mentioned to us uh, by one of our men- my mentors was plan your vacations um, like don't vacation at, at work mm-hmm. I was like how much time like even in your day like how much time do you like take off you know in your eight hour day oh, like okay. work hard yeah. and then plan your vacation and he said when you set a vacation date it uh, it forces you to have a there's a deadline that you have to get things done before that and you can actually again get a lot done <laughs> that you maybe in less time mm-hmm. and I've always I, in football I did that all the time I did better in school in my classes in football season than out and I think that's part of the reason is you because had you had yeah. deadlines you had to get this done you were going to be away for this weekend so to play a game in BC so you had to finish that assignment to, you know today and I, I think um, that, you know, trying to be, have set those kind of deadlines in, 
and keep myself focused is probably one thing that I want to work on. So, Boston, I guess uh, before we wrap things up, uh, actually, number one, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, oh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. This was good. Yeah, I know this I'm is glad awesome. I made this and, happen. Yeah, and kind of like honor you for, I don't know, just that that ability, to just kind of just. I don't know. You're just a very successful, oriented, mind, minded. I don't know. Just cool, a cool guy in the world of Calgary. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> I it. Thank you. Man. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I guess where could people find you and learn more about you? Let's say with your financial advising, or maybe if they want to reach out to you on Instagram or something. For sure. My uh, I have an Instagram called uh, it's Rowe Financial, so that's R O W E Financial, mm-hmm. um, and they can look me up there my contact information everything would be there that would probably be the easiest way I do have LinkedIn and um, also fa- like Facebook or um, with Boston Boston Row um, so but those yeah, that would probably be the easiest way to all these social media things that instant <laughs> instant yeah so, instant connection yeah exactly yeah. and uh, I guess yeah there you have it guys there's Boston Row um, And uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode of the Zenfulness Podcast.